2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Caleb on Chason joined me at the Scouting Combine on one of those days so where we were puking. out of action. Yeah. The eye roll is off. I mean, that's the best part of it. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's like, oh God. Here we go. Hello, London. Do they have a different word for throwing up? Do they have like some cutesy term? Chunder. So chunder's not. It's not offensive. We can say chunder. It would have been. It would have been a good. Uh, that would have been a good weirdo Yankovic twist on the Imagine Dragons song. Chunder. Feel the chunder. <laughs> chunder. Chunder. I don't know what that was at the end, but. Uh, Whatever. We expanded our vocabulary yesterday, chunder the British slang for uh puking, as Chris did on the set back in February at the Scouting Combine. Yes. The last time we were together, the last right. really event before the world turned upside down, uh, was you taking that bucket and, and uh turning your stomach upside down it's so almost sad was, uh, to
3: think about it really I mean first off I forgot you're right it is the last time we've been together and it's just like God, it seems like a different alternate universe compared to where we are now you know I haven't been to a restaurant yet and you know you know and since this started or anything like that so uh, I, I do I miss the camaraderie and seeing people and doing that and yeah that was a rough 24 hours that wasn't my first chandra of that, that day
2: <laughs> and let me tell you, I will not go to a restaurant again until there's a vaccine. I will not do it. Won't I, I won't be it. comfortable. Why do it? Why do it if you're not comfortable? Yeah, Why I Why do it? It seems
3: like that's what takes away from, you know, I, I want to go out with the wife and do a dinner because I'd like to get the hell out of the house and away from our kids. And my poor wife, who's got to cook, you know, she's cooking so many meals all the time. That's that's where I, I really feel bad for her. But it's the same conversation. You're right. Going to dinner, I don't know if it's going to be any more relaxing right now because you're going to just be worried about, you know, what's the chef doing in the back? What's my waiter doing? Uh, you know, it's just not a relaxing environment right now. But
2: I think I think, yeah. I think my, my bigger concern as we learn more about the virus is h- how good is the ventilation in here? How high is the ceiling in here? Yeah. What droplets are floating around that may get into my nose and my eyes? Because that seems to be the primary mechanism for transmission we're only outside uh, of here you
3: can't do indoor uh, that's right well well
2: and well but that's what i'm saying if even even if it's allowed and i don't know maybe it won't be allowed until there's a vaccine i just if i never go into another restaurant for the rest of my life i don't know that i would be upset because i don't know that i'll ever be comfortable again at least until we get to the point where this thing is finally gone and over and one of these days hopefully it will be Mike Zimmer's time with the Vikings isn't going to be gone and over anytime soon. NFL media reported yesterday that Zimmer is finalizing a multi-year extension to stay in Minnesota. Now, multi-year extension can be misleading. He has one year left on his contract. A multi-year extension would mean at a minimum three, right, three years of security, Um And maybe more, we just don't know. Without the details, we don't know. And I think back to the last contract that Rex Ryan got with the Jets. It turned out that not much of it was guaranteed. It turned out that it just gave him one more year, I believe, before he was fired by the Jets. So, uh, look, it creates the impression of security until we know more about the details of the deal and how much of it is guaranteed. What it does is it means Mike Zimmer enters this year without The lame duck status and if he would get fired after this season at a minimum he'd be looking at two years of compensation but maybe only one maybe only 2021 is guaranteed again unless they tell us we don't know
3: well you know either way and you know I I think you feel the same here you know but I mean he deserves the extension we know that I mean come on Mike Zimmer, it's the Vikings haven't been this relevant since I don't know when. I mean, you guys were
2: spotty. Wait, wait, wait a well, minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm wait, just wait, saying they But they, 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 no, no, they're on an every other year playoff arrangement under Mike Zimmer. Right. Right. That's great. That's that's great.
3: I mean, and, and they're, in the years they don't go in the playoffs, they're still like in the conversation for it. You know, but, I mean, there's been a lot of years through the 2000s and the late 90s where, yeah, you had some good teams. But, like, right now, ever since Zimmer's took it over, we've we've put, like, Minnesota in the playoff conversation every year. Not to say we're going to make it, but we're always like, ooh, they're going to be one of the, you know, eight teams that's vying for that six, you know, those six spots in the playoffs. So uh, he's done a phenomenal job. He really has. And, you know, I don't – Let me ask you this. Yeah.
2: Let me ask you this. From the perspective of a fan. Right. A fan of a team – that has never won a Super Bowl. Yep, and a fan of a team that feels like you know every time it gets in position to grab the brass ring, it falls flat on its face. Right. Is it good enough to be? Because it feels like this team is currently in uh, a mode, and th- th- I'm just I'm trying to be I'm trying to be real here. Yeah. It feels like this team is currently in a spot where it contends for playoff appearances, but it has a hard ceiling over what it can accomplish in the postseason. That there's always going to be that team that it runs up against that kicks its butt, whether it's the Eagles in 2017, the 49ers in January when we were there to see it happen and the offense just couldn't get going that day and then they couldn't stop the running game. It just feels like this team is always going to be good enough to be in the mix, but never good enough to, to be in the hunt. If that makes sense
3: I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, like you're you, you're saying basically you go, it seems like this team's a playoff contender, but I don't really look at them as being a legit Super Bowl or team that can win the Super Bowl type contender. That's what you're saying, right I mean I, I believe yeah, and
2: and that's 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 one of the quiet griffs of the NFL, yeah, and and, and again, as we're being real, let's be real right. They say every year, 32 teams, hey, we're trying to win the Super Bowl. We're trying to win the Super Bowl. Well, a lot of that is to pander to the fans so they actually show up for the games because what are we doing here if you're not trying to win the Super Bowl? But I think the people who run the teams and own the teams understand that there are ways to succeed other than winning the Super Bowl. And if you define success only by whether or not you win the Super Bowl, you're going to be pissed off most of the time. No doubt. You're going to be a failure most of the time. And, if you know, maybe it's good enough for the Vikings to strive to win the Super Bowl, to hope they win a Super Bowl. But, you know, if we're instead of blowing it up and starting over again and trying to build a team within five years that may win a Super Bowl, let's just keep treading water because it's going to be good for business to tread water with a team that's on the fringes of contention. And, and the, here's the great contrast right now, Chris. It's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. What did the Packers do in the draft? They didn't address – the last remaining weaknesses to try to get over the top. They took a step back in the hopes of eventually having a Super Bowl team. Instead of being a team that's gonna go twelve and four, eleven and five, ten and six, thirteen and three and get stomped by someone in the postseason, they're trying to become the team that does the stomping. So I think there's frankly greater reason for optimism right now if you're a Packers fan than you're a Vikings fan because I feel like the Vikings are just choosing to continue to tread water. Well, yeah, okay.
3: I mean, you know, first off, you know, a lot you said there. I do and think... And I'm not saying that I'm not saying Mike not. Zimmer
2: should be fired. I know. What, I, what I'm saying is, when you look at Kirk Cousins getting an extension... Right. It, well, you know, do you think first I off, do you the, think I, that plays into it? You know, is that is Kirk yes. Cousins directly related yes. to Mike Zimmer? Right, okay. So Once I, you extend Kirk Cousins, yes. you got to keep everybody... Remember, I said after the season when you have Cousins, Zimmer, Rick Spielman, and Dalvin Cook all entering in the, uh, the final years of their contracts. I said don't give anybody an extension. Make them chase it. Make them go after it. And if they do, good problem to have. You got to pay all those guys. So uh, once you pay one of them, you have to pay all of them.
3: Well, yes. Now, you know, hey, let's not forget, this team went into New Orleans and beat the Saints, who could have very easily had home field advantage last year. And yeah, they were physically pushed around against a fresh, better football team with the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, I do believe that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are the type of guys that they're going all in every year to win the Super Bowl. Like you said, it's just not that easy. You know, there's 31 teams that come away pissed off every year going, oh, we could have done this. We should have done this. I wish this player would have done that. You know, so uh, the fact that they're in the conversation, there is something to be said about that. And I think the program in which Mike Zimmer runs is, I mean, listen, it's a lot of good players, good people up there. You know, the, the team always it never quits on them, does anything like that. So there's a lot of things to feel like, ooh, I like this guy. He's a really damn good NFL head coach. And, you know, they kind of tr- semi-blew up your team a little bit this year, right? I mean, they did. They, they didn't, like, blow it up. But, you know, they knocked a corner off and said, ooh, we don't like this corner. We got to fix some things. And, you know, the salary well, – yeah.
2: listen – but hey, go uh, ahead. Uh, what? Any, any, but, hey, Xavier Rhodes had to go. Right. Xavier Rhodes should have gone a year ago. That, that's, not a, that's not a big move because it's not a big loss, frankly. Yeah, oh, they traded Stefan Diggs, right? That was a big move. So uh, That's a big move, but, but he wanted out. That's the problem. He wanted out, I believe, because he understands that there's a cap, that there's a ceiling with Kirk Cousins, that you're not going to be a Super Bowl team with Kirk Cousins. I think he believes it. And I think that's why he wanted out. That's one of the reasons why he wanted out. Well, he wants to go to a place where he thinks he's going to compete for a championship. And and again, it's a great it's a great philosophical question. Would you rather support a team that you know is going to be relevant into December and January? You know, there's at least a fifty fifty shot they're going to get to the playoffs, and they can put it together and win a playoff game or two, especially if they play the Saints. Or uh, do you want a team where you're going to have to suffer for a year or two, but once you get through some growing pains, you may have something that allows you to be dominant, not just a contender. And uh, the Vikings are, I'm not, I don't want to say they're settling. They're just, they're content to contend, if that makes any sense.
3: Well, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think, I don't feel that way about them. I don't think they're like just content to contend. I don't. I I, I think this is a team that's, you know, trying to win the big one. Uh, I I just don't know if they have the horses and the players to make that happen. You know, but, hey, here's things that are, like, encouraging to me, too, that I've even seen with Mike Zimmer throughout the offseason. Here's a guy, you know, he's up there in age, you know, still one of the best defensive minds in football. You know, he's 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 wants to adjust. I heard him make a few comments and, you know, some articles I read through the spring where wants to be more multiple on defense, wants to do things like that. So he's certainly not just packing it in going, well, you know, my defense is good. We'll maybe get to the playoffs or win one playoff game. He realizes more needs to be done on his end, too. And I respect that. And uh, I think your team's going to be very competitive as far as that playoff spot's concerned again.
2: And I do have to give him credit there. Bringing in Dom Capers right. with three, four concepts. I think one thing one thing that Mike Zimmer learned after the 2017 season when they lost to the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, they, they, they uh, you know, with 16 games of film in the regular season and right. a 17th game in the postseason, you get to the point where you have to self-scout yourself and you have too much film that's out there. You become too predictable. It's too easy to crack the code. One thing that he's learned, I think, now after – five years as the Vikings head coach, you can't just run the same defense no. all the time. You can't just say, I- I'm going to coach up my guys to run this system. I'm going to trust them to run the system. And, and they're going to be good enough running this system that even though, you know what the system is and what it's going to do, Um, we're still going to stop you. Because there are coaches out there, and I know this for a fact, there are coaches out there that know how to beat that system in the red zone, in different downs and distances. They know how to beat that system. So the challenge is to bring in Someone who's going to give you some ideas to yeah. do something different to try to be a little more unpredictable. And you know what? I, I Look, and maybe there's a relationship there between Dom Capers and, and Mike Zimmer, and there needs to be a comfort level. But boy, Wade Phillips was available. Wouldn't that have been something to bring in Wade Phillips and have Wade Phillips and Mike Zimmer craft some sort of a hybrid 3-4-4-3 Ooh. defense that they could flip back to back and forth and have Wade Phillips helping coach up? Your guys on defense, I that you know, but not not, nothing against Dom Capers, but between the two, I'd rather had Wade Phillips.
3: Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I mean, Wade Wade Phillips, you know, kind of on fire as a defensive coordinator the last few years. That's for sure. We know that. I mean, but you know, I, I think it's still the same thought there by Mike Zimmer. You know, with Dom Capers, and yes, a totally different scheme than what Don's you know Mike Mike Zimmer coaches. Now, Don Capers can. Give him a whole different array of blitzes and different looks. And capers, that's what he's famous for. It's kind of doing crazy crap on defense's side of the ball. So I'm excited for that. And, Mike, you're exactly right, the point you made, you know, with Zimmer. and being, a, It's a little bit like, you know, that Seattle scheme I talk about, right? You know, the Seattle scheme, the Legion of Boom. Well, they were good. It's spread everywhere. So there's like eight teams in football that run that scheme. Well, Mike Zimmer, a lot of these coaches have gone against Mike Zimmer and his defense for a long, long time. And yes, I think he has some predictability about what he does. And you're right. He coaches the defense anyways to be like, we're not too complicated, but we're talented. And I'm going to coach the hell out of these guys and what to do in these few defenses that I run. And we're never going to mess up and be sound. And that's great. You know, that's cool. But you always hear me with that argument right now in the NFL. You know, the really good defenses, for the most part, are multiple. You know, hey, we, we've seen three three teams blow a 10-point ten, ten lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. What do they have in common? Huh? Oh, the Seattle scheme, predictability. You know, this day and age with the NFL, with these offensive coordinators as good as they are and the quarterbacks and the receivers, you know, we've had this conversation before. You know, yeah, you you, you let Tom Brady play Mike Zimmer or Aaron Rodgers at times, right? He comes up to the line of scrimmage. Say, oh, this defense again. Oop, that defense. Up, oh, it's this defense. Oop. How do you th- – Yeah, but-
2: but you know what? Here's right. the thing. Right. How do you teach that this year with no offseason I, It's going to be now tough. They had, the, they, had, yep. they had the Zoom video conferences, but you're not out on the field teaching these guys how to do something different than what they've done their entire time working Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. No, you're
3: right. I mean, it maybe you know they're going to have to dial it back and kind of take baby steps as far as what they want to infuse into like, okay, we did this. You know, all right, when it's three receivers to the left, we always play quarters coverage. Okay, great. Well, we're going to this, you know, now to change it up, we're going to kind of make it look like quarters, but we're going to play it a different way or, or bring a blitz now that we never had brought. And yeah, you know, they're just going to have to kind of build it slowly, but surely to make sure they don't mess things up. But these are two smart guys who have coached a long time and I think they'll find the right approach to to make that defense a little bit more interesting
2: and and I did notice that this mashup of Mike Zimmer and Dom Capers you almost invoked the name of the late Don Zimmer you came so close to doing it I almost combined him you're right I did I know I did
3: uh yeah he was he was funny Don Zimmer but I don't know where, where you know how you feeling about your bikes this year I mean you're already
2: crowned there he is there's Don Zimmer My well man. done control room look My at that
3: man yeah and the gang's playing and didn't tonight. he get
2: He's got the he's got the the army helmet on. Didn't he get hit in the head or get hit like with a a, a batted ball and he started wearing? It? Didn't something cause him to start wearing that? Do you I, remember that I Yankee mean, fan?
3: Yeah, that, he had that. I mean yes he did. And then what else did he have? Well, he, he, Pedro he, Martinez he threw, tried he to threw punch down him in the with head. Pedro Martinez. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He is. I've gotten to spend some time with Don Zimmer before. Uh, and he uh, he was an awesome human being. I mean, the picture you see is he was always smiling, laughing, doing all of that, but uh, you feel good about you. So you're anointing. I just want to get this clear. Are you anointing the Packers, the NFC North champions already? Is that where you're going here?
2: Um, I do have the Packers lower than the Vikings this year on the power rankings. No, I think the Packers are taking a step back in the hopes of taking a step forward and becoming a dominant team. So I, 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 I feel better about the Vikings winning the division than the Packers this year, but I don't, I don't feel very good about the Vikings contending with the likes of the 49ers or the, the, although the saints, they've, for whatever reason, they have the saints number in the playoffs. Um, The Buccaneers, if Tom Brady makes it happen, I mean, Tom Brady has, has completely dismantled that defense every time he's faced it, regardless of who the coach has been during Tom Brady's career. I don't think Tom Brady's ever lost to the Vikings No, and he always picks them apart. Well, it's, so a, it's the I, same I, I, question I t- we talked
3: about. It's the predictability of the defense with those type of quarterbacks. They just, they, they know what they're doing and you're right. They're too smart. They got a system that supports it and then they pick it apart.
2: Yeah. And, and I just think that this is a team that gets to the playoffs, but does not get to the Super Bowl. you know, uh, keeping a streak alive that has existed since 1976. All right, let's take a break. Uh, the next team in our state of the franchise countdown was the worst team in the NFL last year how did they climb from 32 to number 28 we'll discuss when PFT Live continues right after this does part of you wish that maybe you'd be able to enter the NFL with a lower profile
1: no I wanted to be the number one pick for a long time. You know, if you go in with the mindset that the pressure is going to be too much for you, I think you're in the the wrong line of work.
2: That's Joe Burrow from April just before the draft when we came the first overall selection of the Cincinnati Bengals. They come in at number 28. One of the reasons why the Bengals are at number 28, is because of Joe Burrow. Wow. They would have been lower. They should have been lower. They could have been lower. The Joe I Burrow them up. effect. The, the Joe Burrow effect gets them four bumps in the power rankings because otherwise they would be number 32 with that 2-14 and 14 record. Yeah.
3: Uh, I mean, listen, I get it. I, you know me, Mike. I, I, you know, I, he, I'm a believer. I think he is the type of personality, the guy that's, you know, that type of guy that can change around an organization between his play and I think what he'll be in the locker room and off the field. And, you know, there's an aura about the kid. There's no doubt about that. On the field and off. I mean, I I watched him when we were at the combine, and I got to be in the room with him, uh, I think, two different times. You know, there is. He's got a charisma about him. You could see people gravitate towards him, players do, and he's a special football player, and I I do. I think he's the type of personality that just, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes, doesn't care, oh, Kansas City hasn't won a Super Bowl in forever, whatever it is, I don't care about the stigma. I'm going to be awesome, and everybody else hopefully will be awesome along with me.
2: Yeah, and and uh, look, it's going to take some time. And when you consider where the Bengals currently are, they 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 didn't accidentally become two and fourteen. Zach Taylor's debut season was not good. Um, how much of it's on him though? How much of it's the talent, and how much of it is that? Does Zach? I mean, Zach, look, Freddie Kitchens got fired with a lot better record than two and fourteen. Elsewhere in the state of Ohio, how much do we put on Zach Taylor for what the Bengals failed to do last year? Chris? Yeah,
3: well, I think Freddie Kitchen's team was uh, significantly more talented than the, ta- the team that Zach Taylor was coaching. So I don't put a whole lot on him. I don't. You know, it's you know, it's a, a year where, yeah, you took over as the head coach, the team wasn't that talented. Your best player on your team in AJ Green didn't get to play. You know, there was offensive line issues, your first round pick in Jonah Williams didn't get to play, and then you had a quarterback who you knew was kind of on his last leg in town anyways, and we're going to have to do something remarkable to save his job. So I don't put a lot on Zach Taylor. I do think Joe Burrow really fits his offense, and I think Zach Taylor, you know, knowing him, being around him, he's the kind of guy that's, you know, will self-evaluate thyself, and he's going to go back to the drawing board, too, and look at what do I need to do to be a better play caller, be more creative, and, you know, Mike, you look at it, I know you do, because we've had these conversations, I mean, you look at their offense on paper, I think it would surprise people. You know, yeah, quarterback, Joe Mixon, arguably one of the five best running backs in the game. You know, and then you start to get into the wide receiver conversation with A.J. Green and, and Boyd. And, of course, if John Ross can stay healthy, and then they draft the T. Higgins at the top of the second round, you go, okay, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, they got some toys to play with this year, and they could be dangerous.
2: Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon – is a very good running back when you don't have an offense around him, when you don't have the protection, when you don't have the passing game to get guys out of the box that would shut him down. He still had a solid year and uh, mixing a guy who could explode if they get enough help to, to have a true threat in the passing game. And if John Ross is healthy, if A.J. Green, number seven in your list of receiver ranking, Thank even you. though he didn't play at all last year, even though he didn't play at all last year, if he can get healthy and stay healthy, I mean, it's a couple of big ifs, but that could allow Joe Mixon to explode in year four of his career. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, look, that seventh playoff spot that's available in each conference, that makes teams that otherwise would not have been contenders, contenders, especially before anyone plays a game. Yeah. And, and the Bengals, if, if Joe Burrow can deliver right away, the Bengals could make things interesting very quickly. Now, how much will the lack of a preseason for yeah. Joe Burrow? We're not going to see him in uniform against another team. Right until week one of the regular season. Well, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah, the Bengals
3: are, I feel bad for them because I do think, you know, we talk about, all rookie head coaches, rookie head coaches. How about a second-year head coach who, you know, yeah, there was some major turnover in the team and he's, you know, still trying to kind of implement the culture and get more advanced into his scheme. And yeah, you don't get that opportunity. But I think of all the rookie quarterbacks or any rookie quarterback we've ever seen, right? I mean, Joe Burrow playing 15 games last year that never happens in college football. The fact that he played in the SEC where we know it's loaded with NFL football players. So I don't think he's going to be shocked and go like, oh, my gosh, it's the NFL. You know, he's playing against NFL players and had them on his team every week. And then I think this is the biggest advantage he has. And, you know, not a lot of college quarterbacks have it he got coached like a pro at LSU. He had Joe Brady there, the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. So a lot of the way he calls plays, you know, looks at his own offense, reads defenses with certain these plays is going to be a lot of carryover. It's a similar offense to Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor from Sean McVay, you know, McVay came from Gruden. Gruden and Sean Payton have a lot of the same offensive plays. Brady, you know, Joe Brady comes from there. So he's going to, he ran a pro style West Coast offense already. And I think the lingo And the offense is very similar you know two slants and one offense might have been bangle now it's Lion or whatever it may be and i think he does have an advantage as far as other rookies are concerned or other ones we've seen in the past that haven't had an off season
2: who's got the bigger challenge you've got joe judge with uh, a new head coach with daniel jones who was a top 10 pick last year still getting his feet wet in the nfl and you've got burrow fresh from college with a coach who is, if anything, shell-shocked from what happened to him last year in, in Cincinnati. Man, yeah, they're, they're both tough
3: challenges. I guess I still go with Zach Taylor here, though. You know, the, the thing I'll look about with Joe Judge, you know, he's got some people around him. in a Jason Garrett, Dave Gettleman, you know, and even like I talked about, you know, Patrick Graham, who's been with the Patriots and things like that, to where you know, I think he's got a good support system and some guys he can lean on a little bit. You know who have been there, done that, and especially a Jason Garrett. Um, the Bengals, yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor, it's a new quarterback. Everything, the challenges are both tough, but I guess I give the advantage there just a little bit of a tougher challenge to Zach Taylor. I don't know. It's, it's a really tough one to call. Um, you know, Zach Taylor, he, can, he got the offense, but that defense needs to improve too, and that's another side of this issue where it was the worst run defense in football last year, and all they really did, Mike, was, you know, not all, but they signed D.J. Reeder. You know, they got one guy bigger to go along with Geno Atkins. And I just wonder if that one guy will be enough to, you know, stop some of the bleeding we saw last year, but they got just absolutely dominated in some games in the run game.
2: One thing I just realized we failed to do with the New York Giants at number 29, best case, worst case. Let's do it for the Bengals. What's the best case scenario for this team with Joe Burrow in the fold? He hasn't signed his contract yet. We'll talk about that coming up later in the program, but once he's there and once he's playing, what's the best case scenario for this team?
3: Yeah, you know, I just, I got too many question marks about that defense and then too many, still the offense is unproven, the offensive line. I guess that's the other thing that, you know, yeah. You know, you just talked about Joe Mixon. I don't care who you are at running back. You don't have offensive line or people opening up holes. You're not going to go anywhere. So, you know, I I really look at the, like, the top end Cincinnati Bengals maybe flirting with a 500 record, but I think really what I look at is like best case scenario would be seven and nine six and ten I really think that that's that's a positive year for where this team is at right now you know I, I don't think eight and eight I can legitimately say especially in that division with those damn three teams they got to play
2: holy cow batman that's the problem right that's the problem that's six losses right there now <laughs> pretty much look, it's not like they're gonna it's not like they're gonna lay down against the browns the Ravens and the Steelers but they're going to be underdogs by Definitely. at least at least 10 points against the Ravens, at least seven points against the Steelers, and at least four points against the Browns, maybe more. They play the Browns twice in the first half of the season, which makes it even harder because the Browns are closer to a finished product than the Cincinnati Bengals. You'd rather get the Browns later in the year. You'd rather have some of your – you know, you want to have some easy games early to build some confidence – but in a year like this, I mean, if it's going to go off the rails, you want to have some games in the back half of the season where you can get some wins instead of just being pounded. Look at the back half of that yeah. schedule Yikes. for the Bengals. There's a lot of tough games that are lurking for Cincinnati. I think the best case is in that 6-10 and 10 range. Yeah. I don't expect them to contend for a playoff berth. The worst-case scenario would be that it's just another disaster. And right. uh, if it's another disaster,
3: yeah, it's trouble. you have
2: to wonder at what point – Zach Taylor is in trouble. Now, Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, does not like to to pay coaches to not work. So I don't know at what point Zach Taylor's contract would make it financially feasible to move on. But, you know, at some point you have to ask yourself uh, if they have another disaster this year. Do you go after a Joe Brady? Yeah, well, they got him yeah. with Joe Burrow.
3: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah, I mean, I, I no, hear but, you. But, You're right. You know, how many years do you
2: give Zach Taylor with Joe Burrow. Well, I think the big thing is here, I mean, the
3: offense, and, the offense has got to excite that fan base and the NFL a little bit, right? Like, a little bit like you think about Kyle Shanahan. You know, those first two years underwhelming record-wise, but I think the 49er fan base is like – yeah, I mean our record wasn't great, but our offense is fun to watch. And we were close in every game and we just, they they recognized they needed a player or two just to get over the hump and then oh damn, we're in the Super Bowl. You know? And I think the same thing for Cincinnati. Like Zach Taylor, they hired you to be an offensive genius. You go all in. Don't be afraid. Lots of plays, ideas, be aggressive. I think if he can play that style of football, and then even if they ended up Four and 12 or three and 13, but everyone went, Whoa, Burrow was good. T Higgins, AJ Green had a resurgence. Joe Mixon got off this year. Then I think that could be one of those where, yeah, we went three and 13 or four and 12, but there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. We kind of liked what we saw with Zach Taylor in that offense, and we were fun to watch. And Joe Burrow's good. So, you know, that could be another wrinkle that's thrown into this conversation at the end of the year.
2: All right, let's take a break. The long-suffering Liverpool Soccer Club finally hoisted the Premier League trophy yesterday. We're going to have a draft of current players that we want to see get their fingerprints all over the Lombardi trophy. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day,
2: So, Liverpool wins the championship in the Premier League yesterday. An unusual scene with the celebration and no fans there to celebrate along with them, but they get the trophy. First time ever in the Premier League, 30 years since they won. Amazing. Britain's top flight. Yes, huge, incredible. Biggest thing since four lads from. Uh, it sounds Liverpool like you're being sarcastic, you jerk. I I'm wasn't not, being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. It sounds like Is you it were. It's not the biggest thing. Is it not the biggest thing to happen to Liverpool since the Beatles? Well,
3: uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know all the history of Liverpool, but Liverpool is like one of those teams. Like you, when you find out about soccer in this country, you, you, I feel like Liverpool is like one of the first two or three teams I knew of, and then I, I really didn't realize they had never won the, you know, the the premiership. Uh, or the Premier League and until like last year. So it was just shocking. It's like thinking like the Cowboys had never won a Super Bowl. I know it's been a long time, but it's that's what I equate it to.
2: Well so in honor of that accomplishment, our draft today, players that we would like to see win a Super Bowl in the National Football League. We are dispensing with the trivia. I'm taking the first question. There's a the damn thing you can do about it, Sims. And this one is easy for me. This one is obvious. We almost saw him win one 12 years ago. It was the first Super Bowl I ever personally attended. It looked like the Cardinals were going to pull off the victory after Larry Fitzgerald was shot out of a cannon. I want to see Larry Fitzgerald get his fingerprints on a Lombardi trophy before he retires, and hopefully the Cardinals are moving in the direction of making that happen.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that was going to be one of my two picks. There's no doubt about it. So uh makes a lot of sense, and I would love to see that as well. You know, you want to see the the spirit of this draft is guys that you know have put their heart and soul and done everything they've done right or done everything right to put themselves in a place to try to win a championship. And Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, come on, who, who you know, it, it says that more than him. All right, well, I'm going Phillip Rivers, you know, same thing here. You know, damn, I'd love to see Phillip Rivers win a Super Bowl, certainly. I mean, he's one of the toughest players, toughest quarterbacks in the history of the sport, Competitor backs down from no one, you know. Never makes excuses. Uh, I, I just think there's a lot to really respect about Phillip Rivers. I would love to see it. You know, it's 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 one of those things this year where. You know, between, hey, it's easy to root for Frank Reich. It's easy to root for Chris Ballard. And now you got Phillip Rivers. I feel like I'm in like, you know, this one's for John. I feel like this is like one of those years where I'm going to become a Colts fan a little bit because I like Philip Rivers and like to see him uh, maybe get that final championship to, to cap off his career.
2: If he just gets to a Super Bowl and doesn't win it, is that enough to get him into Canton?
3: Um, mm. Maybe in this era of inflated numbers, I I think there might be a chance because, you know, I know we were talking about before the break, he's about to pass Dan Marino for all time passing yards, you know, and it's a different era altogether. But I think if he if he just got to the Super Bowl, I'm going to say probably no. I think he probably needs a win at this point to to solidify the Hall of Fame. I think it's going to be very debatable if he just gets there.
2: Next one for me, a guy not around in the NFL as long as Philip Rivers or Larry Fitzgerald but a guy who was in a Super Bowl whose team was favored to win the Super Bowl unable to pull it off and now joining a team that knows a thing or two I, can't about it. Bowls, I can't believe it I can't believe you're why? picking them
3: I can't believe you're picking him I know you are why but I'm mad because I what? wanted to pick him that's well, why
2: picked him you could have picked him instead of Philip Rivers damn Cam Newton and we have a story about him showing up at the airport last night now look the social media post from Cam Newton since he was signed by the Patriots, not exactly the Patriot way. Cam Newton showing up at the airport last night. Definitely the Patriot way. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but I got nothing to say. That's the Patriot way. Oh yeah. And Cam Newton just kept on walking.
3: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, You know, that'll, that'll go over big with that team up there. And and especially Bill, Bill will like that, that he set the tone like that right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, like we heard Rodney Harrison talking yesterday, we got a man on a mission right now, as far as, you know, playing quarterback and Cam Newton and all that. All right. Um, Ooh, I'm torn. I'm a little torn sorry, here. Sorry. I blew up you, your draft. You, you totally, you totally killed me there. I'm,
2: I'm four for four this week. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. Just you were, to have a, your a draft to yesterday it. was so
3: horrible. I don't even know what oh, to talk no, it about. Wasn't. I'm going to go. Awesome.
2: I'm going with JJ. Watt. All
3: right. I'm going to go with JJ. Yeah. I mean, come on. The guys, you know, one of the best defensive players of our generation, been another guy that's been stand up off the field been really good with a lot of causes and you know, he's a dominant force, you know, been through, had some tough injuries. But, you know, J.J. Watt, you know, hands down, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest defensive players in the history of the sport. He's already solidified those type of things to be said with his name. So I would love to see him and Deon, you know, Deshaun Watson and Billy O'Brien hoist a trophy at some point. That would be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, J.J. Watt, three-time NFL defensive player of the year, first ballot Hall of Famer, and and just a team that, that... – that has never been able to put it all together. I agree with you. That's not a bad choice. Next one for me. And I got a lot of other names on the list. Hopefully we'll be able to rattle some of them off. I'm going to go. I'm torn here. Hmm. I'm torn. But, but one of my picks has played in one. The next guy hasn't played in one. I got to go. Adrian Peterson, Adrian, Peterson, I forgot about him around Good one. since 2007. Uh, and uh, almost got there in 2009, and he was one of the reasons why the Vikings lost that game. They outplayed the Saints that day, but he fumbled a couple of times in bad spots, killed scoring drives, but, you know, he just keeps going. He may not be on the ideal team to get to a Super Bowl this year, especially since Washington comes in at number 32 on our preseason power rankings, but I'd I'd love to see him get to a Super Bowl and win one, Chris. Yeah, I would too. I mean, you
3: know, hey, it's... Uh, I, you've heard me say it. I think he's the greatest when he was in his prime, when we're talking first seven, eight years of his career, I, I never saw a running back better in my life. Uh, you know, since I've been alive, I know that that's, you know, a bold statement, but I mean, just, I, I've told the stories and you've heard me say it. I mean, when I was on the field with him for the first time in a real game and I was on the sidelines holding the clipboard for the Tennessee Titans, I mean, you know, hey, there's pros and then there's pros. And it was like, whoa, like we're pros out here, but this guy is like on another level. I mean, he was he, arguably the best player I've ever seen in my life. That's how impressive Adrian Peterson was in person. So uh, I I hear you there. That's that's a good one. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with a guy that got on Baltimore Ravens this year, Calais Campbell. I think he's got a legitimate chance. Calais Campbell, I mean, it's, it's, again, I, I think a Hall of Famer, hands down, without a doubt. And, you know, just – Always quiet, always goes about his business, never heard him complain in Arizona, you know, was great in Jacksonville. We heard so many times. I mean, he was always like, you know, saying something wise for the team to latch on to or trying to help things out in the locker room and just a pure physical force and a guy that I know is a good guy just from my quick interactions with him, but I've heard people talk about him. So I look at a guy like him and root for him. Because of the person and the player he is, those are always the people I root for. And I think this is what you know, this draft kind of you know, uh, embolizes altogether.
2: Embolizes? embolizes we have a new simsism <laughs> what the hell is embolizes thank you well, we're gonna have to say until monday, See you monday. on the show tomorrow yeah embolizes <laughs> oh my embolizes gosh i don't you even gotta know be what careful. i was you don't want to get you don't want to get yourself an embolism what the hell was uh, i by trying saying to embolizes say
3: i don't even know
2: uh, <laughs> 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 um real quickly I, I i i got some more names frank gore who I thought played about Frank too. for the too. 49ers right. in Super Bowl 47. You you hate Frank Gore, though, Shut so up. I can understand I why you wouldn't pick him. Mark Ingram, when you went Ravens, I thought you were going Mark Ingram. You know, he was not part of the Saints that won Super Bowl 44. Yep. He didn't arrive until 2011. Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, a couple of quarterbacks, long-suffering. No Super Bowl wins for them. Julio Jones and even in Andrew there. Julio Jones. Andrew Luck. What the hell? See him come back and win a Super Bowl. That would be great. And Tom Brady. I, I, I was going to almost make Tom Brady a pick because I know he has six – but man, don't you want to see him win one in a different uniform? No, I don't really. No, I don't care. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I, I don't.
3: But I, I, I hear. I mean, it's, it is exciting. Uh, who was the one guy I left off my list that I wanted to give a shout? Oh, I did think about Carson Wentz. I'm not gonna lie. I know he has a ring, but you know what I mean. You know, because he has did, a
2: Phil Simms ring. Well, yeah, I get sick of that talk all the
3: time. I mean, I just do. You know, so there's a part of me that would just like to see him win it, so people would like kind of you know stop though, that conversation point all the time. I don't think it's fair.
2: And I say that tongue-in-cheek. Phil Simms was a key part of the 1990 Giants. He helped set the table for what was able to come afterward when Jeff haas powered by an incredible defense yep. and a game plan for the ages, was able to take down the Bills in Super Bowl 25. Way All to right, rebound. We Phil won't beat result. you up now. I love Phil.
3: <laughs> I love Phil.
2: Other than the fact that, that you're his child, I have no complaints about Phil whatsoever. All right, uh, let's take a break. <laughs> Chase Young has uh, signed his rookie contract. We'll talk about that. And there's one guy left drafted higher. When is Joe Burrow going to sign more PFT Library right after that? Chase Young, second overall pick in the draft, has signed his contract with Washington. He is the highest pick to sign, Chris. Only one guy higher, Joe Burrow. And remember, Joe Burrow said earlier this year he's in no rush to sign. He wants to wait and see how things shake out with the pandemic. And I made the point last week on PFT, when we talk about opt-outs, the rookies who haven't signed contracts have the ultimate opt-out rights. Nobody can tell them they can't opt out because until you sign a contract, you aren't an employee. And if any of these guys decides, you know what, I'm just going to take the year off, they re-enter the draft next year and they start their career in 2021. I don't wow. know that anyone's going to do it, no. but they have the – they they have the ultimate opt out right if they're willing to go a year without pay.
3: No, I, I guess you're right. I, I don't I don't expect that to happen. But uh, it's good to see Chase Young sign. I'm excited to watch him. No doubt, freak of nature, awesome player. And Mike, sports are on TV tonight, baby. The Yanks. We start out 60 and 0 tonight. Worst case,
2: 59 and 1. <laughs> see you tomorrow, Chris. See, see you Monday. Bye bye.